So I go around and I double back and I check the directions and I check the street signs and I am exactly in the right place. I basically have 40 pounds of store-bought cow crap in my backyard. Angelina Jolie, you know, if she decided that the two of you were going to have sex, you were going to have sex with Angelina Jolie. Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Klass. I'm in my garage. Under the flight path, you know how it goes, of a Los Angeles International Airport. Welcome. It's a Friday. I'm recording this on Friday. And, um, because the ki- the kids are addicted to mind crap, mine... I was, we still, <laughs> we keep calling it mind. Well, who's we? Me. Me, me keep calling me mind, mindcraft. Mine. Hi, let's start again. Hi, it's Dan Glass. The kid, the kids are into minecraft. We've, which if you don't know is this, I don't know how to even describe it because I've never really played it. It's a 3D-ish virtual thing. You go in, but the, but then everything's kind of low res. Do you know what I'm saying? So you can kind of go in and wander around. What do you call that? I don't know. I haven't kept up on my first person whatever. If it, is it an MMRGFP? Is it a... Th- I'm, I'm so tangled in quartz here. I'm sorry. I'm making all that... Did you hear? Okay. They're really into Minecraft. And they go in and they build things and they argue about it. But somehow, if they have my laptop and Hudson's tower, the old hand-me-down... Mac cheese grater tower, whatever that thing is, the G4 or 5, I don't know. Um, they can work together somehow in a way that they can't do on the iPads or the iPhones or the one of the 100 other, you know, devices. So, um, so my daughter has my laptop, so I hope that this is really recording because I basically just stuck a mic into the back of a recorder and I'm going to worry about it in post. How about, how about that? Okay. 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 Yeah. Are you a Minecrafter? Apparently, it's all the rage. The kids seem to really be into it. Again, not really sure. You, you go into this thing, and you dig out a house in a cave, or you build a house, and maybe pigs come, and you have to kill a pig. But don't worry, it doesn't look like a pig. It looks like Legos. It looks like a three-dimensional pig, but somehow rendered in 16-bit. It's retro. It's cutting edge. It's bleeding... Retro edge. I don't know. I, you, you get the idea. So that's what they're doing. So I basically, so the kids are in the house doing Minecraft. I'm in the garage uh, talking to you. I've missed you terribly. So much is happening. Not really, but kind of. Um, actually, nothing's happening. Things have happened. But um, well, well, one thing I did want to discuss with you, and, and I meant to say this for a couple weeks. I'm very... I need to, um, one of the doctors that listens to the, these recordings, and thank you, by the way, Dr. Uh, Rice, for telling me that I did not, in fact, have food poisoning from good foods, that I had some kind of um, nanovirus. What, what, I forget what it was. I'm sipping some tea because I have excessive saliva production. As soon as I turn on the recorder, I, it's like, I don't know what in here. It's gross. One thing I wanted to talk about, though, and I'm going to try not to get too riled up about this because it was actually a couple weeks ago, but Hudson and I, my son, Hudson, who's now 14, oh, geez, wow. 
Uh, I shouldn't have said that because now I'm winded. My son Hudson, who's 14, and I recently finally saw Batman Returns. What's it called? I think Batman Returns was actually with Clooney. I'm talking about Christian Bale. The Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Rises. The Dark. The Revenge of the Dark Knight. Dark Knight Episode Four: A New Hope. I. What? What was it? It's Batman. There's no Joker. There's Bane. There's Bale versus Bane. Well, we've wanted to see that movie since it came out. Since obviously before it came out, everybody was just going nuts waiting for Batman to come back to arise. And I don't know if it's because the way we tend to live our lives is that we get caught up in the hype, but we don't go out and just see the thing for whatever reason. Cheapness, procrastination, and not wanting to exclude the girls. Because basically my wife would want to see it too, but we can't take our daughter because she's only, you know, nine, now ten. And we don't want to take her to see a PG-13 movie at 10 years old. You can understand that. So what happens is we, we end up not seeing it. And then it comes out on DVD. And then what happens is I say to Hudson, we got to see that movie, but your mom wants to see it too. So let's wait until some time where we can all watch it together. And he says, okay. And we kind of both grudgingly, is it grudgingly or begrudgingly? We both against our will don't see the movie. Now, meanwhile, my wife is traveling for business and she sees the movie without us on a plane. And then three weeks later says, oh, I didn't tell you that I saw The Dark Knight Rises when I was coming home from Atlanta. No, you didn't, honey, because we weren't watching it here while you were gone. We were actively not watching it. You know, while you were watching, we were actively not. We were watching something else. We were watching reruns of 30 Rock or Psych or something. So we could all really. Okay. So again, maybe it's because we just don't, we get caught up in the hype, but then don't follow through. And then we watch the movie when it comes out on DVD plus three weeks. But I got to tell you something, and, and, and hopefully this will be the thing that I can finally say that will get you to contact me and give me some sort of evidence that you're out there. What wasn't that into the movie? I wasn't that into it. I thought it was kind of boring for most of it. It was very long. I think uh, Catwoman and Hathaway's Catwoman was the most emo, like sexyless Catwoman in the history of Catwomen. I think Lee Merriweather, honestly, who is one of my bottom Catwomen, might have brought more sex appeal to the Catwoman role in the Batman movie of 19, whatever it was. Then Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, who's a very attractive woman, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't find her appealing. It's not that I don't understand how she's a star. She should be a star, a big, big star. I'm just not convinced she should be Catwoman. Because Catwoman should be able to threaten me with her sexuality, and Anne Hathaway really just didn't bring it. You should react to Catwoman. Because, you, you know, the tabloids try to make these, you know, uh, Jennifer Aniston, Angelina Jolie feuds. At least they do. They kind of, they did. They kind of gave up on that. Well, back when they did, I would always say, I don't see how you can even compare those two because Jennifer Aniston is kind of like the, the, the cute slash pretty girl that you maybe knew in college that you didn't get with, but kind of wanted to. And so that's why you're kind of fascinated with Jennifer, right? You have some weird feeling in the back of your mind that if she were a real person that you really met somewhere that you could actually get with Jennifer Aniston, 
And Angelina Jolie, you know, if she decided that the two of you were going to have sex, you were going to have sex with Angelina Jolie. Right? She could put that upon you. She could, if she ever decided that, that would be it. There'd be nothing you had to say about it. She would just come to your house or your apartment, your trailer, if you're in a movie with her, whatever, just like knock, knock, knock now. And that's it. You would have no, right? You'd have no say. You can, you believe her as some sort of, right, predator. Anne Hathaway, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe I've seen her in too many, like, cute princess movies. I don't, I, whatever. And I wasn't into Bale, or uh, Bane, Bane, excuse me, Bane. You take a guy who's a really good, I mean, didn't we learn anything from the Spider-Man franchise, the previous one? The first Spider-Man movie, and, and maybe the problem is that I really, my favorite superhero movies are from the beginning of the first movie to when they become a superhero. And after that, it's just a lot of waiting around for a fist fight. You know what I mean? So the first Tobey Maguire Batman or uh, Spider-Man I really liked until he became Spider-Man. And then suddenly the Green Goblin shows up and he's wearing a full mask. So suddenly Spider-Man became Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, right? It's just a guy like gesticulating, but you can't see his face. You've, you've hired this great actor in Willem Dafoe, and he, you can't see him act. Well, the same thing with Hardy being Bane. You can't see the guy's He's jacked up. He's really muscular. That's great. And he's got a toaster over his mouth. And he's got a toaster over his mouth, but he's kind of talking like I don't, uh, Dr. Evil. I have no idea. Oh, Bruce Wayne. I'm Bane, and I, I'm here to, to do to the um, League of Shadows, and I crawled out of a hole, Batman. Yeah, yeah, ah, ah, ah. I wasn't buying it. And maybe the problem was that I'm just kind of a child anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I really liked the second one. I liked the second one because it had the Joker. It had Heath Ledger with no mask on, just makeup, really kind of kicking some bootay. But there's something about the whole League of Shadows. I mean, I wasn't into, what's his name? Kublai Khan. What was his name? I can't even think of the character's name now. The the Liam Neeson character. Like, yeah, 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 whatever. Right? League of Shadows. No, I want the Riddler and the Joker and the Penguin and the Cat. Let's stay there. Let's stay there. So I just was sort of like two hours just like, how? where are we going with this? He's going to blow up the city. It's a ticking time bomb. Batman, he's in a prison. He's going to, ugh, whatever. But I think that's the importance of hype is you've you've got to either be in with the crowd, the whole, right, the tidal wave of hype and excitement that revolves around a movie like that, that when it comes out, you can't just watch it in your living room over two or three lunch breaks with your son just like, Bane's got an appliance on his face. Unbelievable. The, The second one was so successful for the third one. Okay, first 10 minutes, they get rid of Alfred. What are you, are you really? The first ten minutes, you're like Alfred's like I'm out of here, so I'm leaving. I can't. I'm not. I'm too amped up to do a Michael Caine impression. I'm out of here, Master Wayne, and he goes, and he never doesn't go back till the end. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Whatever. I 
I had uh, four bags of poop in my backyard. For a long time, for a long time, I had four bags of poop. Not dog poop. I mean, I have plenty. I have 17, 25 small bags of dog poop. Don't get me wrong. I have an unlimited supply of little tiny bags of little tiny dog poops. But what I'm talking about is more an industrial size. You know, uh, 10 pound, I think it is. 10 pound. But, but I basically had 40 pounds of store-bought cow crap in my backyard. And I don't remember uh, when I bought this 40 pounds of cow poop. I really don't. But it, it's been in my backyard. No, honestly, it's not been in the backyard. It's been stacked up in the back of this little area that we kind of made-ish where the garbage cans go. When they built, they built, we had a couple fences built a couple years ago and a little back gate. We needed a new gate, right? So we had them put up this little fence to hide where the garbage cans go. So now I shove them in there and in that little area tucked away where no one could see my shameful feces pile, I had 40 pounds of neatly stacked bagged horse, uh, excuse me, cow droppings. And then way back in that back area, the new lawn, the back lawn, the way back where it used to be fenced in and crappy. And then we had the fence, right? That whole thing. If you've been, that's new, right? Okay. We had, right? A guy, a couple guys come in and put in sprinklers. It gets sprinkled and they put down seed and grass grew big, healthy blades of green, green grass. The green, really, honestly, the green, green grass of home. But for some reason... There are a couple spots where the grass just doesn't grow. I don't know why. I think one of the spots is where the gate used to be. And maybe the dirt there has just been trampled down by, you know, 80 years of people standing there. I, I don't know. But there are a couple spots where it just doesn't grow. And I think it's a combination of traffic and um, the water pattern and the sun pattern and the, you know, topography basically of that part of the backyard. Well, whatever. It doesn't grow. So I get it in my head that I want to seed these bald spots. But because I am really honestly a very half-assed person, I go out and buy the seeds and I decide that I'm going to use as seed cover this 40 pounds of crap that I have back behind the uh, garbage cans. So I go get these seeds and they look like they're really good seeds. And they look like they aren't going to need a lot of water once they're growing. And they look like they're covered in light blue... Uh, you know, yogurt. You know what I mean? Like if you if you bought some trail mix and in the trail mix was yogurt covered peanuts, it looks like that, like yogurt covered seeds, grass seeds, green, green grass of home seeds. So I rake up the area a little bit and I wet it and I rake it. I get it all ready because, you know, I've done this before. And I put down my yogurt seeds in a nice little array, you know, and they're looking good. And then I go to get my bags of poop. Now, I have no idea how long poop is good. I don't know if there's an expiration date on poop, but I do know that I have had the poop so long, I don't know how old this poop is. And so, and I shouldn't keep calling it poop because it's, it's, well, it is it's just manure. I mean, there's no other way around it. It's sold to be a fertilizer for your garden or your grass or whatever. But but it is, let's face it, it is, you know, 95% manure. So I get the first bag out and I crack her open. 
And usually when I've bought that stuff, it's really not very manure It's light and fluffy. It's brown. I mean, don't get me wrong. It stinks. But it's light and fluffy and very manageable, you know, practical poop for human use on their grass. But because time has passed and moisture has gone into it or out of it or something, each bag has its own personality. One is really runny and gross and really seems like poop, like a lot. And the other one is hard as a rock. But I've kind of committed now to spreading this poop on my new yogurt seeds. So I'm chipping away, I'm chipping away, and I'm squishing away, and some of it is just, it just won't leave my hands. It's like applesauce, and some of it's like bricks. So I'm pounding some of it, and I'm spreading some of it with my hand, like my hand's a butter knife. It was just nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. And the whole time I'm trying to congratulate myself for not having spent money on new manure that I'm using the old manure. I don't know why I bought this manure in the first place. I don't know what project I had where I needed 40 pounds of poop. But I'm trying desperately to tell myself that it's all going to work out because what's going to happen is I'm going to put it down, right? And then I'm going to water it. And then the sun's going to hit it. And then it's all going to kind of find its equilibrium. And the tough stuff will get looser and the loose stuff because of the sunshine will get a little tougher and it'll all kind of just become dirt, really good, healthy dirt that these seeds, these yogurt covered blue seeds are going to grow in. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So I get it down and it looks kind of freaky, but I water it. Still, it now looks wet, freaky. And then I water it a little more with the hose because I'm getting a little anxious and it just is like wet, soppy, hosey, freaky. But you have to be patient. You have to just wait. You have to just wait. And you have to water it every day. So I set the sprinklers on to water it every day. And every day, my little patch of poop, I didn't do all the bald spots. I just did the first main bald spot because I ran out of poop and I figured, you know. So every day it would get watered and every day I would go out there and, and see if the poop was at least turning into dirt. And in a way it was, but it wasn't turning into dirt that I wanted it to turn into. I wanted it to turn into what fresh store-bought manure in a bag would turn into, which would be loose, healthy, brown, luscious American dirt. And instead, it's turning into some sort of weird black Death Valley. It's cracked like the surface of Death Valley, but it's black rocks of turd. Now, luckily, between the cracks of some of these black rocks of turd, there is grass growing by now. It's been a couple of weeks. I think it's been a week and a half by now. Grass is actually around the, around the edges, not in the middle, not the main part, not the bulk of it. But around some of the edges, there's grass growing in the poop cracks of Death Valley back there. But now I have to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to, because I really, I, I need the grass to grow there. Do you understand? The rest of the grass, I put weed and feed on it. It looks gorgeous. It hasn't looked this good in years. It really looks fantastic, except for these dead spots. Although one of the dead spots is now bare, and one of them is now covered in cracking crap. So I don't know whether I should, because I bought regular seed cover. I bought a bag of new seed cover. I don't know how much of it's manure. I think it's got some other stuff in it, thank goodness. But I don't know whether I should have faith in the manure that I have down and I should just cover that. And once it's covered, maybe it'll retain some moisture and then it'll do what I expect it to do. Or if I should just rake it up. Rake it up and admit defeat that the uh, the poop won 
rake it up and redo basically everything but that tiny little that's grown. I don't know. I was supposed like every day, every, you know, like Thursday yesterday. It was yesterday. I was supposed to do the the other bald patch, and did I do it? No, I was busy. I don't know what doing something. I'm very busy all day. Very busy all day. Very busy all day. What gets done? No idea. Now, laundry does get done, but but it's still that same, like, the end of the day comes. The kids need to get picked up from school. I've done nothing. All right, time check. Oh, oh, 520. Oh. All right, maybe we should continue this conversation later because Hudson's got to go to this thing at his school tonight. And uh, I got to feed him before he goes. All right, maybe we'll, let's talk for... I don't know, 10 more minutes. I really got to keep an eye on that. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll talk for 10 more minutes and then I'll tell you the rest of this stuff next, early next week. So the last time we spoke, I recorded on a Monday. Monday the 8th. Does that sound about right? Yes. Okay. So last time we spoke was Monday the 8th of April. 2013, 2013. Is that what you, what do you say? 2000 or 20? Do you say 2013? Does that sound cooler? And on the 8th of April, 2013, I was saying that I don't think there's any place for me in Hollywood. And I still don't. I still maintain that honestly, if I was a rational person, I would just give up completely and go about my life. And I think my wife would really like that too, because, you know, she wakes up in the middle of the night and is sitting there like, you're going to, how many years? And the thing, you know. So that was the eighth. On the eighth, I was like, ah, there's no place for me. On the ninth, I have an audition. Of course. I have an audition to be a guest star on the show bones now to get let's get into a couple details about how uh, hollywood works when, when you appear on a show that you're not the star of you uh, there are several different titles you can have and i mean that literally like titles on the screen and then also just like it's almost like a ranking system and the same goes with movies but we're going to talk about tv so basically you have the stars of the show and you know who they are. They're on all the time. And then there are probably some people that are... Uh, so, And their their names are in the credits. Like when the credits roll, those are the stars, right? Then you have, you know, maybe reoccurring guest stars. And they're right after them, probably though, when the show actually starts. The actual episode begins. And then there's guest stars. And guest stars are literally guest stars or they're people with bigger roles in that episode and they get the title of guest star which is to delineate them from a co-star whose title is usually at the end of the show those credits before the gaffer you know those people are just actors on the show let's be honest if you say do you want uh, you know extra ice on the show if that's your line hey do you want extra ice sir then you're a co-star um, but if you're a legitimate guest star either a guest star or a guest star, then you're okay. So as you can imagine, like anything, it's better to be a guest star than a co-star. And because I took some time off, quote unquote, 
I'm lucky to be a co-star. At this point, I'm like, <laughs> really, the, the, you'll let me do the line about the ice? I would love to. I'll be there whenever you say. In fact, I'll just be, I'm just going to sleep wherever I think you're going to shoot, and then that'll be that. But my agent calls Monday after we spoke and, um, and says, you have an audition for Bones, and it's tomorrow, and it's a guest star, and it's going to be this character, and yada, 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 and she sends me the script and whatever. Now, usually I have a couple days to prepare. And I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little worried about the, the short notice. And I'm not going to lie to you, I, I, you know, given that big explanation about guest stars, whatnot, I'm actually not that hung up on that whole thing because I assume that I'm going to be a co-star and who cares? I just want to be on a show. I just want to work. I just need to feel like I'm back in the game. And apparently for Dan, for me, for yours truly, your humble narrator, um, to feel back in the game, I have to actually work. I can't just be auditioning. Auditioning is auditioning and working is working, even though really, honestly, auditioning is the work. But there's some weird thing that I just, whatever, I need to do the work. So so I work on my script, whatever, you know, I learn the lines. I work on the character. The character is kind of like a Charlie Rose type of guy, the host of a TV show about books. And the gag is that um, one of the guests, he's got two guests on, on this book show. And one is a mystery. They're both mystery writers, but one is uh, some woman who writes mystery books. And the other is Bones, who uh, is Dr. Temperance Bennett from the show. I, uh, right. I've only seen the show a couple times, but it's Dr. You know, it's a uh, Emily Deschanel's character. And they get in kind of a fightish kind of thing. And, and this guy has to kind of, you know, keep his show going or whatever. And it's a, it's a good role. It's a good, it's a good role. So I work on it, work on it. I do my little thing, you know, my whatever thing. And the next day I have to go. Now I have to go to 20th Century Fox, to the studio, to 20th Century Fox, the lot, the big movie lot where they do 20th Century Fox type things. And on the audition thing, now I haven't been there in a couple of years. And on the audition thing, it says, listen, please note, actor, that the parking situation has changed since, you know, May or whatever of last year. Please park at this address off of this street and then you'll get a walk-on pass at this gate and uh, blah, blah, blah. We, we really recommend that you print this out and bring it with you because you should. Now, I do get a little crazy when I've got these auditions, so I have to admit, I promised myself that I was going to, you know, Google Maps this whole situation, right? I'm not just going to write down the address or, and print that thing out. And I did. I printed that thing out, but I did not. I admit it because I was too busy worrying about my lines and my clothes and all that stuff and being ready to go and fed and all that. I didn't Google Map it. Now, I know where 20th Century Fox is, and I know where uh, the major streets on these directions are, and the lot's only so big. I mean, it's huge, but it, you know, it's not infinite. So, I'm sure I'll be able to find where I need to park. So, I go to Fox, and Fox is on Pico, and it's kind of between uh, two very major streets in what's called Century City. I think it's Avenue of the Stars and Century Park West. 
So I've, I've inadvertently passed Century Park West. So I go to Avenue of the Stars and I head up there and I'm looking for this other street that they're talking about. Okay. And now I think they're having me park in the big parking structure that I think they built that's near Pico, but I'm not. And I keep, because I keep driving looking for this other cross street and I forget what it was called. Constell- let's call it Constellation. I think it was. But let, for the sake of the conversation, let's just say I'm looking for Constellation. Stars, Constellation. <laughs> okay. Well, I keep driving. I keep driving. I keep passing all these streets and I even pass like I go over Olympic Boulevard. Now, L.A. is a, is a city. And so obviously there's small streets, but then there's major boulevards and Pico Right, you're on Pico, and then you head north, and then the next major boulevard, which is a good distance, is Olympic. And then if you keep going, then you get to, I guess in that part of town, what, Santa Monica Boulevard. And then you're in Beverly Hills. So so I go over Olympic. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying to park to walk to Century er, to 20th Century Fox. Why am I going over Olympic Boulevard? I must be lost. So I keep going because I can't turn around. There's a median. So I keep going. I go up and and I'm about to turn around and pull a U-turn and I see Constellation. So I was like, there's no way. There's no way. But the directions do. They say Constellation. So I turn left on Constellation. I'm like, there's no way that I'm supposed to park over here. And as I'm going down Constellation, I see the other street that I'm supposed to look for. And I'm so in shock that I am actually where I'm supposed to park that I don't turn. I go around the block to kind of get my head together. Like, there's no way that was the corner of Constellation and whatever this other street is. Because if I were to park there, I would walk I, a mile and a half to get to this, the, the, to this audition. They said to leave 30 minutes to get parked and get to your audition. I didn't think that they meant 30 minutes of walking. So I go around and I double back and I check the directions and I check the street signs and I am exactly in the right place. I am the other side of Olympic from where I think I'm going at the studio. Like I'm like, I'm uh, like, what? So now I am getting, not panicky, but I just disoriented because I think I know where I'm going on the lot and it's way the other side of the part that I'm going to end up, um, right? So not only do I have to drive, I have to walk from where I am to the studio lot, then I have to literally cross the entire lot to get to this audition. So I start walking, I have to, I have to ask the guys in the, in the, parking garage like how do i get from here to there i don't understand how to get the hell out of here and he said oh you have to go up to the ninth floor and take the walkway which is always a good sign so i do that i go up to the fourth floor ninth floor, whatever it was and i take this walkway to, and next thing i know so i'm back out on avenue of the stars so i know exactly where i am and i also know exactly how far i have to walk so i start walking i'm walking and i'm in a suit and I'm walking and I'm walking with my briefcase and my suit and my little script sides. And I'm walking and walking and I cross Olympic. And I know I've got to, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I did park in the wrong spot, but I know I have to go to the studio. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the, the thing says 20th Century Fox Studio building, whatever, one or two or whatever, room 104, 
So I just keep walking, keep walking and I'm not getting there because it's really far. And I'm looking for the galaxy gate and I don't see galaxy. And I'm literally walking past Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. And I'm staring up at it like, please, please, John McClane, please, yippee Kaye, make it so, dear Bruce Willis, God of balding actors, please make it so that I'm going in the right way. Make make it that I'm not actually eating up all of the time that I have to get there on it because I do not want to be late. I don't want to be a late person. I certainly don't want to be a late actor. And I keep walking and I'm praying to John McClane. And just as I finish my McClane prayer, I look up and what do I see? Galaxy. So I go in there. There is a gate. I show them my ID. I go. And they're like, yep, it's the other side of the lot. Exactly what you thought. Holy crap. So I go. I walk across the lot. I find the thing. And I find, uh, 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 and I go in. And I go in and um, they're still auditioning guys from the for the previous role. You know, it's not just my guys. It's guys that, that are doing obviously this younger, like 30-year-old guy thing. But then there's a bunch of guys around my age, you know, 10 years, you know, like my age to a couple years younger, maybe five, seven years older, all in, you know, suits or tweed jackets or ties or whatever, whatever, you know, all looking like we could host a book show. So I go in and I sign in and I sit down and I'm going over my lines because I just have to do that. I can't. There's never a point where I like, I know my lines so well because there's something about my nerves that my brain flushes. It flushes and flushes and flushes and flushes. So I keep having to put the lines back in and then hopefully they'll call me in and between right that moment and then doing the audition, my brain won't, you know, flush again. So I'm sitting there waiting and I'm really happy because I am, I'm about to audition for a really nice part on a really nice show with a director that I met years ago when I was a production assistant on a, a David Chase show. This guy, Kevin Hooks, who was an actor, he was on, um, what do you call it? White Shadow. He was an actor on White Shadow who became a TV director. And he directed an episode or two of this show that I was working on called Almost Grown. And I would go to drop his script off. And most of them would just be like, yeah, thanks, kid, and slam the door in your face. And he was like, he was, he would invite me in, ask me if I wanted to watch the Laker game with him. And I'm really, I'm just a hell of a nice guy. So I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be back with this casting director. I think he cast, uh, you know, the X-Files back in the day. And so I was really feeling like a bit of a homecoming. I hadn't been to Fox in a while. I've, most of my work had actually been out of Fox. I'm sitting there and I'm feeling good and I'm feeling like I'm where I should be and there are all these guys. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I guess I could see that guy doing it. I could see that guy doing it. I could see, yeah, you know, but I could see me doing it too. And then a guy walks in that I recognize. But not just one of those guys you go, oh, I recognize him from such and such. No, 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 no. I know that guy's name. And I recognize him from things like Star Trek and China. Like, wasn't he one of the stars of China Beach and one of the stars of like the next generation or Battlestar 5 or Deep Space 9 or uh, I don't know. He, he, he was like, he's been the star of series. 
And he comes in and he sits down. Two chairs for me. And there's an empty chair between us. And I look over at the script that he's holding and I know what it's going to say. And it does. It says the name of the character that I'm there to read. And my brain goes, Dan, you would cast the guy from Star Trek. All right, that's all I've got time for for right now. I gotta feed my son before he goes off to the wild blue yonder. Um, yeah, we will pick up on more of this uh, early next week, I hope. I hope you're well. Thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate your uh, downloading these programs and uh, putting them into your ears. And, um, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, fine. Thank you again. And, uh, you know, obviously leave me comments on Facebook or at thebitterstpill.com. And uh, if you haven't signed up for the email mailing list, please do, um, because it makes me feel happy. All right, bye-bye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's...